Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I got a rule in life. I try to live by every single day. I'm not successful every single day, but I try. That is to make seven strangers smile. Wow. Every day. I fail because I don't always get to see seven strangers. And I go, I'm a jackass, dude. I go out of my way to get a giggle, a little chuckle, you know, back when we can actually touch people, a little high five, a little connection. You know, I go out of my way just like, I'm here to inspire that person. I'm Chris Smith, and this is the Tom Rowland Podcast. Chris Smith, man, thank you for doing this. It's an honor to be with you, and I appreciate your time. Yeah, I can't imagine. It's been a while since we talked, so I'm excited to just get a little chit-chat going and express some interest and share some likes and see what happens. Well, um, you were one of my instructors at Seal Fit Kokoro 30. And And you still like me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was scared of you. I was scared of everybody. Um, But, you know, it's one of those things that, you're an interesting person like that. Um, you, you, you have a very interesting kind of energy to you to where people around you know that they have to be excellent. Mm. And, and before you even say anything, like, it's amazing. Like there's a few people I've been around in my life. You're one of them. Um, and, and it's just like, you just know that you got to be on your A game. Uh, to to be around you. And that was, that was really cool. And uh, the way that you taught us all the lessons that I learned in Kokoro, I really appreciated it um, because there was some, there were some hard times you made us pay, but then there were also, you know, it was, you, you stayed true to the lesson throughout and uh, wanted to thank you for that because that, that Kokoro was really, uh, you know, I went and I was like 46, maybe 45 And, uh, it was profound and, and a huge 
thing in my life. I came back with tons of lessons. Um, so thank you for that. Awesome, um, man. Thank you for the compliment. It means a lot to me. I try to put out a, a good product back then, still try to put out a good product now. You're talking about my beliefs. I love excellence. I try to exhibit excellence and try to like forward that on to people that, I, that come to my contact. So yeah, but thank you for the compliment. I appreciate well, it. That's, yeah. that's good. Um, so how did that start for you? Like, I know that, um, you know, for, for people that don't know who you are, you're uh, a tier one operator. Is that a fair thing to say? Tier one operator, Navy SEAL. And um, how, how did that start for you? I mean, did you always have kind of a desire to go to the military when you were young or, or what? Actually, uh, actually, no, I didn't. I'm a tinker by trade. I love like problem solving. I love creating solutions. So the engineering world kind of was what I was gravitated to. Um, just cause I love just building with my hands. I love just doing things. I didn't really get introduced to the SIL teams or the idea of the SIL teams. Back then it was a lot less open, you know, it was a mm -hmm. more clandestine thing, whatever, a lot less open, but I didn't really get into that until I saw the movie Red Dawn, actually. Oh, I started. favorite. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's the best. It literally changed my life. It made me realize, so I have mother, father, um, two sisters, but it made me just recognize that I had no skills. I had no skills to protect anything that I cared about or that I loved. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay, I'm a good builder, I'm a good thinker or whatever, but I had no real actual hard skills I could use to kind of protect anything. Um, always been natural, nationalistic, whatever, love the country and all that stuff. But that movie kind of propelled me to thinking, I need to go somewhere and find some skills. <laughs> and for me, it's like, well, there's only one place that you can go and get this kind of skills I was looking for. And that was the, uh, the SEAL team. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. And so what was your path there? Did, did the recruiter send you straight, straight there? How did you, how did you make your way to, to buds? Oh man. So I didn't actually go into the Navy until I was 29 years old. Wow. I had a, an entire professional career. I was an engineer for Westinghouse for nine years prior to that whole thing, company car, good lifestyle, good, good apartment. Like everything was rolling, rolling really, really well. Um, but once I made that decision, it was, it was pretty cool. And like I said, technology was different back there. They actually, I remember going to the recruiter and saying, this is what I want to do. I'm 29, right? So this is what I want to do. He's all like, oh, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I'm like, no, brother, this is what I want to do. I don't need to talk to you. I don't need to, don't contact me with anything. Tell me the steps I need to do to accomplish this goal. That goal was only to be the Navy SEALs. I really didn't really want to join the Navy. I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to be on a boat anywhere. But I knew I had to join the Navy to become a SEAL. So that was my sole focus. I'm um, using that technology because my recruiter gave me a pager. He said, hey, carry this pager. <laughs> I'll let you know when you got to come in, take gas fab and do the, the the PT test and all this stuff. I'm like, all right, man, but don't call me before that. Cause I just don't do it. I just need to do the steps it takes to kind of get in the Navy. So wow. yeah, just like I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Still the fear was there. Still the, the it's buds, man, it's a scary place to go. And you know, I'm giving up a lot, right? I'm giving up everything to go to this thing where eight out of 10 men fail, you know, but it just meant so much to me that I just knew I was going to be successful. You know, do you think that helped you, um, 
to give up everything and just have, I mean, you, you created a situation to where there's, there's no other choice. You, success is the only choice at that point. Success was the only choice, but it was a difficult choice. Like from the time I, in my mind that I was telling people, everybody that I knew that I want to become a Navy SEAL, it took me six years. So I th- started thinking about that at 23, 24 ish, whatever it was like before I joined the Navy, six years, six years of actually vacillating yes no giving up think about oh chance of failure what am i going to do like six years before i actually felt like like it was the most important thing for me to do next you know like was there was there something that 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 made that click for you um yeah time (laughs) (laughs) at that time you had to join the navy before you were 30 years old and i was already 29 i'm like if i'm gonna do this thing i gotta get to it now like literally i joined the navy in may or june and i turned 30 at august wow so it was yeah it was tight you know when's your birthday in august 27th oh i'm the 19th uh virgo uh, still a virgo I'm, i'm leo Ah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm a messy Virgo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so what did you're 29, you've got a, a life, like, like you said, you got everything. What are your yeah. friends and family saying at this point? Um, at that time, like there wasn't all the stuff around Navy SEALs. Mm-hmm. People didn't even know what that was. I didn't even know what a Navy SEAL was until a guy that I respected in high school who great football player, great play baseball player. All the chicks liked him. Super study looking dude. You know, uh, his name was Bruce. He was just an awesome dude. I was working at Walmart and he came in. I'm like, dude, I haven't seen your friend. Where have you been? He's like, bro, <laughs> I just went through the best train. He didn't make it through the program, but, and I'm like, dude, if he can't do it, I am definitely, definitely going to try to do it. But at that time I was doing a lot of triathlons, a lot of like at that time, uh, endurance events, you know, smaller endurance events, not like now, but, uh, yeah. And I, it just triggered me. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be better than that cat. Heck yeah. I'm gonna be better than that. cat. So that's like a little impetus, a little trigger for me. Um, yeah, but I told everybody, man, it's like every single person that you cared about, like everybody knew that this is what I wanted to do. Like everybody. So I kind of pushed the boundaries or tightened the noose, right? Chose the wrench, tightened the noose to make it like, dude, you have, you can't, Hey, you can't go. You can't not go, excuse me. And you have to be successful, right? right? You have to be successful because a, you're giving up a lot, but B you're telling everybody, this is what you want to do. You know, I, even back then I was kind of a leader and just prideful, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) And that's awesome. So you get in, um, buds, was that a problem? Was it as challenging as you thought? Or, I mean, of course it's a problem. It's a problem for everybody. Right. But, um, is there a time when, when things just kind of clicked or got a little bit easier for you? Or when did you, when did you like know that you were going to make it? This is a career. Like there is a future for you here. Yeah. Uh, first problem set with Bud. Bud's is a difficult program. It's typically a six month program at that time. Six month program still is. Was there ever a time that I struggled? We're going to say yes. I struggled in day one, one, first day in Bud. Hour three, first day, third hour, right? 
before you start your class, there's a place called PTRR where you go and you kind of learn some skills and you practice all the kind of stuff. And then day one, one starts, your class date starts, right? Remember I've told every single person that cares about me, I've sacrificed all this stuff, how much monetary stuff, whatever. I sacrificed all this stuff. First evolution, first day, obstacle course. Crush it, dude. Crushed it. Crushed it. Not the fastest time in the old course, but man, I was up there. I'm good on land. I'm bouncing around. I'm light. I'm 130, what, 130, 33 pounds or something. Crushing it. I got this, man. (laughs) (laughs) I get to this thing called the, you got to climb this pole, bring a bell, climb this pole. And, and, and there was an instructor going, an instructor there. His name was, uh, I'll leave his name out for now because it's kind of a tense time. But an instructor's going like, you know, Smitty, black guys can't swim. <laughs> I'm like, whatever, dog. I got this thing. <laughs> Second evolution, hour three, in the pool, right? Life-saving exercise. Go up to the high dive. Got all your, your, all your clothes on, your boots on. Jump off the high dive, take your boots off, tie a knot, put them around your neck, take your pants off, make a book like a floaty, take your shirt off, no problem. <laughs> Chris is on the high dive, jumps off. Treading water. Treading water. Treading water. Treading water. Treading water. I'm like, God damn, I'm treading water for a long time. <laughs> so 40 minutes of treading water. I am smoked, exhausted. Right, they're like, take off your boots. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> just hyperventilating. I can't even hold my breath long enough to untie the square knots of my boots. Oh boy. Right. And this is like, hey, you got to be able to save your life. I mean, I've really had no experience up to this time in an ocean. I can swim, but not like treading water for 45 minutes, didn't try to do all these tasks. So, needs to say, I failed that evolution. Mm. Right. Yeah. I failed. The second evolution in buds on the first day, three hours in, I've told every single person that I care about, I loved, or that I even knew that I was going to join the elite special forces, elite Navy SEAL team. Third hour, I failed. They, dude, there's no options back then. It's like, you fail, you leave. So what? Wow, I have fun in the regular Navy. Wow. Not part of the plan, man. Not part of the plan. Not part of the plan. So what happens? So <laughs> me, four of the black guys, two of the white guys fill the evolution. We run back from the pool to the, uh, the, the grinder, and we're on the red carpet, man. We're on the red carpet in front of the CO, right? And at this point, someone else has my destiny in their hands. I am no longer making choices because I had an opportunity to be successful and whatever's going in my head, I was less than successful. I, did, I couldn't finish the evolution. So someone else is holding, someone else has my destiny in their hand and I didn't like that at all, but I can do nothing about it because I squandered my opportunity there already, mm-hmm. right? We're online, we're sitting there, we're in our greens and we're just waiting for somebody to tell us whether we're going to be going to the regular Navy or sweeping sand or whatever next. You don't even know because third hour, fourth hour, right? A senior chief that I highly respect, Senior Chief Gower, comes up and he starts giving us a speech. He's all like, you know, look here, dudes. Gave you an opportunity for this. This isn't going to work out, yada, yada. And he's, he's, uh, he was 
just it just happens to be like this. It's not because of what's going on in today, but he, he's a black senior chief. A lot of black guys in this group that couldn't that couldn't make this happen. And he's talking to the whole entire group, seven or eight of us, I can't remember exactly, but he's focusing on us. And he says to me, see, the problem is you think this is about you. This is bigger than you. I'm going to give each of you guys a silver bullet, which means he's going to vouch for us. Mm. I expect better from, I got chills. <laughs> I'm serious. It's so emotional for me. Like I remember this day so clearly. I expect you to do better. This is bigger than you. Here's my expectation. And he comes and gives a little pep talk, whatever. They go talk to the officer. We all get a second opportunity to do this test again, right? We're looking at about a 45-minute span. So I failed the test, ran back, got my little lecture, got my silver bullet. Go right back in the freaking pool, man. Like, get off the high dive, start treading water. Treading water, treading water, treading water. Same 40 minutes go by, same exhaustion. Able to get underwater, take off my boots, tie my pants, tie my shirt. Successfully completed the evolution get to join my class. Wow. So you talk about mindset here, Tom. I didn't get any better. I didn't learn how to tread water any better. I learned no new skills. I just changed my mindset that allowed me to complete that evolution. Right? Mm -hmm. That's it. And that was the start. That was like the trigger for me. It's like, oh, you're in control of this. If you can control your mind and your passions, you're in control. If your why is big enough, you're in control of what's happening. So I just didn't love the feeling of someone else telling me that I couldn't do something or I gave it away. Now you have to decide on what my lifestyle, my life track is going to be. Right. So super pivotal, super powerful, powerful. Like so, so that one lesson, I mean, when, when I came to Kokoro, you know, it's what I learned is it's not one thing. It's, it's that lesson piled on top of another lesson, piled on top of another lesson and another lesson. And then you kind of open the door into this new understanding of mindset. Like, Absolutely. okay, I, I understand this. And it took 50 hours to beat me over the head to, to kind of get a few of these lessons, but I'm understanding this now. That was the first one for you. Um, mm -hmm. And did you, did you like take that as like a growth opportunity? And you're like, okay, did it, did it help you to learn other lessons that are obviously very, very important to your success in, in the SEALs or in, in life at all? Or did you have to get beat over the head for another six months to learn these lessons? Yeah, you still got to get beat over the head to learn some lessons sometimes. <laughs> That's what try to mindset does. It tries to make that, that beating a little bit more palatable, a little bit yeah. more digestible, which is kind of <laughs> cool. Um, uh, but yeah, like I remember the same kind of thing. So, you know, man, there's a lot of success, a lot of failures, a lot of... There's a lot going on in, in Bud still training to kind of get you to become a SEAL and you're not going to pass everything. Um, I remember after I recorded the lowest rectal body temperature ever in Bud's, I got recycled <laughs> back to... <laughs> That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> wow. You were really cold. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Like I think, still think that might be a record at Buds. Yeah. So, but I remember being in a, and back to PTR to start this whole thing over after I hyped out in Hell Week. I remember sitting there and uh, at the beginning until you get to your second phase, you're wearing a white t-shirt. And then after you finish Hell Week, you wear a brown t-shirt. Well, there's some brown t-shirts or brown uh, guys wearing brown t-shirts in that space. And I remember a guy tell me, 
you know, it's like, he's like, you know, you can hold your breath for the rest of your life. Basically the idea of like, if you think you can, you can. Wow. Right. Mm -hmm. If you think you can, you can. You're the only person kind of holding you back. You just have to have a big enough why, a big enough goal, a big enough target, a big enough idea that's going to keep moving you forward, coupled with some skills that you're learning over time. Again, everything isn't just like right now, but some skills you learn over time. Couple all that stuff together and you can accomplish magnificent tasks. You just have to have some skills. You have to have the right mindset and a solid why to get those things done. And those like those are my two biggest lessons there was that, wow, dude, I am totally in control of, of everything right now. It's all my choice. I choose to run faster or I choose not to run faster. I choose to swim or run swim faster or not swim faster. I choose, it's just choices. And having a solid mindset, a, a solid foundation of having a, some great mental toughness is what it, it makes all the difference. But sometimes it takes... 50 hours getting beat over the head, you know, right. six months getting beat over the head. Sure. So yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of the lessons, yeah. a lot of the lessons are, are interesting because in a lot of ways they're counterintuitive. I mean, you know, to, to, to a previous mindset of, well, I can't swim faster because I can't swim faster. No, it's because you're choosing not to swim faster. And it's like, that's, that's a, that's a foreign that's a foreign concept when, when you've never experienced that before or never Absolutely. experienced that success. So as a Navy SEAL, I think a lot of people look towards the Navy SEALs and the elite military operators, whether that's Green Berets or Rangers or, or whoever, uh, because it is, it is such an extreme, um, it's an extreme situation that if it works in those situations, it is absolutely going to work in regular life. And that is, uh, I mean, I think that's why so many people are so interested in, in the SEALs and in, in the military operators is that there are a lot of secrets that you guys have learned and teach one another and, and it becomes a part of the culture that you can pass on. So that's kind of what you're looking at right now when you start up kind of a mindset program like trident mindset at what point did you realize that you had you had a lot of information that that would do a lot of good for a lot of people if you could if you could communicate it yeah i i know one thing for sure in my life i am crystal clear on my why why i'm on this planet i'm on this planet to find a better way to create deep and meaningful relationships. And since I have that clarity, I don't have the universe work, but people keep coming to me to find, help them find solutions, help them find answers, to gain some mental toughness, to gain some ideals and some durability to go do the things that they wanted to do. And just over the years of just like working with people, talking to people, helping people, I just started thinking, I'm like, man, you know, I tell, the, I tell people the same things over and over and over again. They I'm giving them a toolbox of things to use. They're choosing what they want to use, but giving them a toolbox of things to use in sport, in life, in family, in love, that they can pull from this toolbox and use these tools to become mentally tough or more durable. I'm like, why don't I just try to gather all these things up and try to offer it up in a way that it's digestible, that it's easy, that anybody can use it, you know, not 
prices off the market. Not, I mean, just a, a, an idea where, hey, you have the basis of what you need. Let me sharpen those tools for you. If you don't have those tools, let me give you the tools and teach you a way to hone that skill. Mm. Then I, and then put that in practice in your daily life, right? I'm not expecting you to use all 12 tools at one time. When the right, pull the right tool up for the right job. It's a flathead screwdriver. Use a flathead screwdriver. Don't use a Phillips head. <laughs> use the right tool for the right job. But if you don't have those tools, where are you going to get them? Right. You no. Know, somebody's um, got to give you the tool bag. It's, it, yeah. You got to get the tool bag from, from somewhere. And a lot of, you know, it's not like what you're, what you're teaching is, is all brand new. No. It's, it's that it, it has been proven to work in the most extreme situation. So if it works yeah. there, it's going to work you know, getting yourself to work on time. It's going to work in giving it that extra effort, you know, as a parent or as a, as a husband or whatever, you are going to learn all of these lessons and the same lessons that you're learning um, on the battlefield somehow in some way can apply to your family. Like, absolutely. that's what, that's what I think that a, a lot of people may not understand about like the type of mindset tools that you're talking about of, of how to apply something that, that you used literally to save your own life and all of your, all of your buddies' lives and, and accomplish the mission, how that could apply to something as mundane as being a, a, a good dad or being, you know, yeah. a good husband. What, how do you, how would you um, talk to somebody that had a question like that? Well, I think first I got to find like a similar example that people can resonate with. Most people drive, right? Mm-hmm. You're driving in your car, some bad guy, douchebag, whatever, come and cut you off, right? You have a choice. You have a choice to let that either ruin your day, get you agitated, honk your horn, be belligerent, take a deep breath, let that pass. That's not good. Let, don't let that affect my day. He's having a bad day. I'm still in control. Maybe take a deep breath. Practice some stoicism. That guy's going to have his day. Don't let that affect you, right? Your kids are screaming at home. There, Everything's going on. Hey, people get frothy together, right? You can de-escalate a situation by breath control, mindfulness, right? Flipping the script. All these things that we're teaching in our, in our Trident Mindset course, you are in control of that. Have you ever tried to have an argument with somebody that doesn't want to argue? <laughs> right. You can't do it. Right. Exactly. Right? Using your mind, you can, I mean, not like mind games, but using some tools, you can de-escalate an escalating situation. You can control the tempo of a conversation, but just how you present yourself, how you're going to engage with other people, right? And we have those opportunities all day long to either choose to be upset, choose to be unhappy, choose to not do things well, or choose the latter. So we're trying to give you some tools. You can go, you know what? This is getting out of control right now. Let me just you know what? I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to change my body language. I'm going to take a deep breath. Let it come over. I'm going to get back in control of the situation. Mm-hmm. And when you understand the power that you have using these tools or just understanding that, then you get to walk away with what you want out of the situation instead of letting them dictate how you're going to feel on something. Right. 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 In those everyday situations all day long, like all day long. Right. Right. So it's just giving you power, self-control, ownness, Right. 100% accountability yourself of, wow, I let that person make me mad. 
That's on you, brother. That's on you. You chose to get mad. You chose to get mad. Own it. Right. Or you chose not to get mad. Own that too. It's all good. Get mad. Just be okay with you getting mad. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's you. You get to control those things. And having durability, having mental toughness, having those skills, having the idea how to reframe things. Man, if I could teach that and just like walk by and high, air high five people, it's awesome. Yeah. That's really what I want to do. I just want to create those relationships and just, hey, man, you know what? Oh, man, that's a great tool. You didn't even know you did. So that guy's yelling at you across the street because you parked in his parking spot. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So, yeah, they're simple. And it's just like over time we learn these experiences. I just want to share those experiences with people and just like give them an opportunity to be happy or control their own happiness. Yeah, I like that. That's a big part of your uh, key tenet in, in what I saw on your website was being happy. Yeah. I want to talk about that in just a minute. Yeah. Let's talk about yeah. flipping the script. That's yeah. something that you talked about in Kokoro and you've already mentioned it a couple of times here. I know that's a big tool for you. Let's explain that. That is like, again, we just kind of talked about it just a second ago, like taking the idea and going, wow, this could be a bad situation, but I'm going to flip the script and make it a better situation. I might have to swallow my pride or use a little, little, Again, I always go back to breath control. That's the number one tool. If you take anything away from this man, like the power of breath is just amazing. It's just amazing. But flipping the script is, is you having the wherewithal, the understanding what's happening, changing the dynamics by how you engage with somebody else. Right? We're going to change the dynamics. If I start yelling and cussing and get agitated, I can get somebody to start yelling and cussing and get agitated. <laughs> or they can flip the script reduce their tempo and, and, and vocal pace, lower their energy, take those breath, uh, those pauses between the things they say and deescalate that situation. That's understanding what that script is saying. Like, no, nah, I'm not going to fall privy to that. Mm. I'm going to control this situation by flipping the script and, and putting it back on where I'm the person controlling the situation. Right. They're not controlling the situation. Right. That's what that lesson we're teaching. And that's what it's about is like gaining control of the situation. You're in. Well, first, awareness of the situation you're in, understanding of that, changing that dynamic or flipping the script in that situation, and then controlling the narrative from there. Right. Wow. And that starts with how you go into situations, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. You stay sure. in control the you whole time, you know, yeah. that's, that's, that's awesome. And then yeah. this new, this, I mean, you've, you've been teaching mindset for a while in a lot of different ways. Like if you're, yeah. if you're a guest instructor at Kokoro or if you're at your Trident CrossFit or you're, you're coaching in a lot of different ways, but this, yeah. this new thing that you have that you just launched Trident mindset, how is that different than what, well, what, what is it? Like you, you, it's a whole, it's a holistic um, mindset program. Would you, would you say that that's fair or how would yeah, you describe it? Yeah, imagine if, uh, not to be douchebaggy here, hey, man, you get to spend an entire day with Chris Smith or an entire 14 days with Chris Smith. I You're going to hear I these spent two days out. with Chris yeah. Smith. And it was, <laughs> I haven't forgot it. <laughs> it's awesome, yeah. But so, and if you talk to me, anybody, you talk to anybody that knows me and that communicates in my circle or is with me, man, I'm a coach. Like, I'm a coach. I believe in building relationships. So whatever the problems that is, I'm constantly teaching maybe to my demise or my, 
You know, I'm constantly teaching. So what we did with Try to Mindset is let's make a short online program where people can get the value of some of the lessons that I just spit out all day long with if you're in my circle. But I'm just not, I don't live where you live. I don't live in your house, you know, but how can I, how can I make that a digestible online resource? All the lessons are really short, three to five minute lessons, right? For the, for the first 14 days that you can take a lesson we give you an exercise that go with that lesson. We give you examples of how to employ that lesson and, and move forward. Hmm. In the longer course, we have a mastery course that's a, each lesson is one month based. And we just dig into that lesson more and more and more, a little deeper, uh, a deeper dive into the individual, the 12 individual lessons that we're teaching. So the first 14 days online, we don't make it video based. It's audio based and written based. You can either read it PDF or you can just listen to it in your car, hmm. right? I personally have a hard time listening to, I got an ADD or ADHD or somebody D. I got a lot of them. But <laughs> I need things short and digestible for me. I just flitter off a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I needed something that was kind of short and just like, oh, you know what? Let's plant that seed for the day. If you get an opportunity to utilize that seed for the day, high five yourself. Wow. So what would one be like, could you give us an example of like what one day might be like any kind of one of these lessons? I mean, I'm sure we've yeah. already talked about a couple, uh, quite a few. You're probably going to yeah, talk I, about everything we've talked about, but yeah. Like, one of my favorite ones is stoicism. It's like you taking the higher ground. Right. And again, I, you kind of, in the, in the lesson we talk about again, driving your car and someone cutting you off. Right. Or this happened to me the other day. I'm in a uh, line at a grocery store, got my mask on. Um, but there was a distance between the, the register and where the line started, right? And everybody knows that. But now we got six foot dots all over. So people are confused, yada, yada. I'm trying to get out of there really quick. So I'm going to go into my boat and have some beers on my boat. Not that I'm drinking and boating. I'm just saying there were beers on the boat. Uh, <laughs> so there's, a, there's that natural gap. And this older woman comes in and she, plants herself, I'm next in line, between me and the register, right? Uh And at first it triggered, I'm like, oh, how rude of her, right? Oh, how rude of her. I'm like, I could ask her to go to the back of the line because there's like 14 people back there. I could kind of get agitated. I could do all these different things, but I chose the high road. I'm like, apparently she wants to leave the grocery store faster than I do. <laughs> or just let her go, right? That's just stoic. I'm just being more stoic than she is. Now, she might not have seen us back. She did see us. She turned around. But, you know, whatever her situation is, like, she felt like that was her place to be. I have every right to say something, but really? Do I really need to get out of that grocery store that fast? Right. Or can I just take the higher ground? Can I just express some stoicism and just go, just let her be? Because that's going to cost me a whole four minutes of my yeah, life. Four minutes. But like, think about all the energy that that costs yeah. when you get upset about that. And then you think yeah. about it for an hour after. I can't believe she just came in. She looked yeah. behind and saw a whole line and she just went ahead and stepped in front. Like yeah. people will let that bother them for an hour, yeah. two hours, maybe yeah. even the next day. You're still like, man, I can't even Moving believe over. it. I was just sitting there and she just walked in front. Yeah. And, and when you, when you kind of learn these lessons, you can at least catch, you're not going to be perfect every time, but you can at least catch yourself and be like, oh, I almost yeah. let that bother me for a day and a half. Yeah. This meaningless little thing, yeah. this little and thing. The, and the awareness is there too. I'm like, hey, if it bothers you, it bothers you. Okay. Accept that emotion. I'm not trying to get rid of all your emotions. It's like, okay, 
Understand that's what you feel right now, but what are you going to do about it next? That's what we're trying to do. That's mental toughness. I'm upset. But I'm going to control that though. If you need to blow off steam somewhere, go blow off steam somewhere, but be in control that own that emotion. That's great. Choose a path that you think is a better path to choose. And hopefully by doing some of these lessons, actually, I know if you do these lessons, you're going to make better choices just for the sake of humanity, just for your own sake of happiness, just to optimize your own life. You know, like you said, I, you, you hit it on the point, man. You can be upset about that tomorrow. Yeah. Then all day long, you didn't give the people that you cared about. You're hundred percent. You were so distracted, right? You're putting off negative vibrants, negative vibrations in the universe. Everybody's coming to talk to me, man, Tom's upset. What's wrong with him? Yes. You're ruining everybody else's day. You could be the beacon of somebody. Maybe somebody's having a really bad day, comes across your energy and you have that bad energy and you just made their day worse, right? If you just took it, understand the emotion, I was a little upset, blow it off, not that important. Boom, that person comes by again. You're like, oh, bro, what's up? However you got to interact, you know? And you just might have saved them six hours of bad energy. Yes. You know, so you're just in control of that stuff. You're mentally tough to stay in control of those situations. And that's what we're trying to get across to people, man. Like, and easy lessons, like anybody can do these. You don't have to be like a, an elite sports player or have like a ton of skills. We're giving you skills, everyday, easy things that you can employ to just be a better, happier, more productive human being. Right. You know, like, well, not so, so that in turn, is that where it leads to the happiness? Because I did notice, uh, and I thought that was really interesting. You know, it's like, like you see this big, tough Navy SEAL program, Trident mindset, and then a key tenant is happiness, man. Like happiness, that's, bro. that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, but, but is, is, does the happiness become as a result of stoicism and flipping the script and all of these other things, or is there another little aspect to, to happiness in your program? Uh, Happiness comes, I think happiness is built upon, wow, I'm in control of myself. I take my onus for being happy. The choices I'm making are making me happier, right? You choose to be upset or you can choose to be happier, right? And all these tools, just in regular life too, like all these tools, everything you're, dude, I'm happy. I'm this every single day, bro. <laughs> like every day. Do bad things happen to me? Absolutely. But you get my best all the time. This is me every day. My wife is like, really bad? And she's like, yeah, he's like that every day. Because that's, I know my why, I know my purpose. I know I'm, I'm clear on what I want to do. And I'm going to refuse that someone else make me unhappy. Because I've done this from 53 years old. I've been doing this for a long time. And it's just not worth the effort. If I'm going to choose to be unhappy, that's on me. I'm trying to give you tools that you can make your life happier. If you can make your life happier, to me, it's about the ripple effect. Mm. Who else going to be happy because they involved? They got involved with you. The Whoever day. comes across you, man. Yeah. It's Whoever that. comes across you is going to be happier. Dude, I got a rule in life. I try to live by every single day. I'm not successful every single day, but I try. That is to make seven strangers smile. Wow. Every day. I fail because I don't always get to see seven strangers. And I go, I'm a jackass, dude. I go out of my way to get a giggle, a little chuckle. You know, back when we can actually touch people, a little high five, a little connection. You know, I go out of my way just like I, I, I'm here to inspire that person by any means necessary. So to how, speak. how did you become so clear on your on your why? 
Actually, a really good friend of mine, uh, Gary Sanchez, has a program called Discover Your Why. It's your discovering your why, how, and what, right? A little quick little uh, kind of app. You just go online and answer all these questions. And it gives you clarity on basically the the, the nine whys that Simon Sinek kind of discovered yep. or helped discover, right? Better Way, Challenger, Mastery, Contributor. And it gave me a sense of understanding of self for communication, and I was able to distill down a paragraph, or actually a couple sentences, a paragraph of, this is why I'm here. This is why I'm here. I can only imagine the man that I would be if I knew that 20 years ago, right? It's relatively new. I'm about five years in and just having that clarity. Mm-hmm. And it, it morphs into better and better and better. My, my why is better way. Every single person I talk to, all I'm trying to do is make their way better. Find creative. Um, solutions for their problems. That's how my brain thinks. That's how my heart thinks. And that gaining that clarity has been super important for me, communicating with my wife, like every single thing and having that clarity and understanding. I've always understood the power of mental toughness, but having those two things together, it's just so, not that I don't waver, not that, you know, I'm just, I'm really, really clear on what it is I'm supposed to be doing here. And this is a, that's it's fascinating to think about like what you did in the seals and to become a seal you basically need a singular focus at least for a good portion of that like yes. there is no other choice i would imagine i didn't do there's that there's only training. one choice there's only one choice you have to complete what is in front of you i mean just with those small lessons of 50 hours of going through a similar kind of thing to what you went through it's nothing like what you went through but there were no, you, you remove all thinking basically. And, and someone tells you, okay, this is what you're doing and you either do it or you don't. And that's it. it. So it's a- you just said like, I can't imagine what kind of man I would be if I knew this why as crystal clear as I do, you know, way back then. Do you think if you knew, if you had your why, that same why to, to deepen relationships and all of that, do you think that you would have been um, successful like you were in the SEALs? Um, or is that, a, is that a way that you got to your why? They're kind of in concert because just my natural being. So I'm an engineer by just, my, I'm an engineer. I like <laughs> problem solving. I'm an engineer. Like, I just like things that are broken and I like to fix them. That's just me. And I've always been like that, but I didn't really know why I was like that. Right now, I know why I was like that. So if I knew that like 20 years ago, just the just communicating with people would have been different, mm. right? Before, dude, I'm going to solve your problems, man. If you come in with the problem, whether you want me to solve it or not, I'm going to solve your problem. But now that I know that that's my why, I can, yeah, maybe they just want to listen. They just want to know when to listen. I don't need to solve their problem. I'm thinking about solving their problem, but I don't <laughs> need to say that to them, right? So it's giving me just more power and influence and confidence in yeah that's why i'm flittering off right now because i've already solved their problem they're still talking man that's that's got to be one of the right biggest now. challenges for you oh having God. seen having coached so many people and seen so many things and seen so many people with similar problems and they're coming to you with this problem that they think is totally unique oh, and it's the, yeah. i'm the only one that's ever dealt with this and you're like oh, i already know what to do yeah right? 
how do you how do you zip it until until they ask for it? Like, dude, that's I practice stoicism. That's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that's really hard. Like, I try to do that with my kids, and they come to me with a very simple thing, and it's like I want to just say, "You do it this way," but I'm kind of like, this seems like a this seems like a safe place to fail for you. Like, yeah. maybe you should try it yourself, and maybe you should learn this lesson yourself. But I don't tell them that. Yeah, but it's man, you got to hold your tongue a lot of times and, and until someone asks for it, because a lot of this kind of, do you feel like a lot of this kind of information that you have to give people only want it when they want it? I mean, (laughs) that's, that's what it seems like to me. Like, yeah, like, man, you're the person that needs it the most and you don't want it. You don't want it. But you know what? So I, I'll go back to two things. One, uh, to answer your kind of in their question is, I'm going to use my wife for this example. My why is better way. I'm always going to problem solve. Her why is challenge status quo. She's always going to think out of the box. So for our relationship and our communication, I ask now, I'm like, hey, babe, you want me to solve this problem? Or you want me to listen? You should just listen. Come on, off the hook. I'm gonna listen. <laughs> right? I'm like, if I'm gonna solve this problem, you can stop talking. I already got an answer. No, <laughs> you know, because I'm that. Um, uh, oh, I forgot the second part of that question, though. The last part. Um, uh, how do you know when to zip it? I oh, think. how do you know when to zip it? Again, now I, that's what I use. I use, hey, just do you want me to listen to you? Do you want me to solve your problem? Or, God, this may sound so mean and so abrupt. I just say, stop. What I heard was this, 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 and this. Have you thought about this, 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 this? And I put it kind of back on them to kind of give them some, some, some things to kind of think about to help them come up with their own problem set. So it doesn't, so that's my gift of communication is like, if I can get you to come up with the right answer, I know the answer. If I come up, you to come up with the right answer, you're going to be a happier person. Mm. So what about somebody that, that really needs this information, but isn't ready for it and doesn't want it? Yep. Christmas has a rule of seven touches. My goal is to make seven people smile a day, right? They might not know the, they might not want this answer right now, but between now and seven times, they're going to want the answer. He's got to, it has to be the right timing for them, has to be the right energy for them, has to be in the right space for them. So I'm not going to quit on them, right? It's going to come back. It's going to come back. It's going to be when they're ready to hear, I'm ready to deliver, mm. right? I'm going to try it this time. Uh, you should do, go this path. Blah, path didn't work. Go this path. Blah, path didn't work. Go this path, this path, go this path, go this path. Eventually when the time is right for them, they'll hear what you're, what you're saying, but you have to have to know their language, how yeah. they hear the words that you're saying. Is your intent matching your impact? Are you saying words that you like to hear? Or are you saying words that they need to hear? Mm. Right? So you have to have a a little bit of communication skill inside there as well to kind of understand people. And the timing isn't right all the time. Right. Right? The timing isn't right all the time. So I don't take it personally when I'm like, dude, just do it this way. You'll be okay. (laughs) And they go do something else. I'm like, that's not on me right now. Uh They're just not ready for it. You know what I mean? And not to say I'm always right. I'm not trying to say being braggadocious and saying like that, but I, I'm willing to work the problem set with them for as long as they want to work the problem set. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. cool. So what kind of boat do you have? 
Uh, me and three friends own a 24-foot Sunray. Right we on. just pull it out, or put it out there in the Potomac, go hang out at Georgetown, hang out. I stay in the shade. Go skiing? Is it like a ski uh, boat? No, nah, we, nah, we pull a little, uh, um, a little... A tube? A tube. Yeah. Yep. We stand up paddleboard off there. Oh, yeah. Really just to get on the water. My, one of the guys that owns the boat with me is like, dude, as soon as you step foot on the boat, you got a boat vacation. <laughs> like, even for two hours, you're just like, oh, my life is so much... Just It's just cooler, you know, just being on the water and kind of doing that. So it's a little stress relief for all, a stress relief for all of us. So, right. Most yeah. of the people that listen to this podcast that own a boat of some sort or go out on boats all the time. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's uh that's what we do we just go notice fish. i said i share a boat right so three of us bought a boat i would hate i would for me owning a boat by myself i don't know if i want to do that well, you gotta buy you gotta find some boat buddies one guy has to put the fix on it all the time one guy just like that you know, like to hang out with all the time you know and just like yeah you gotta you gotta share it because that's yeah. a lot of otherwise yeah yeah yeah, man. So what else do you like to do for, for fun when you're not coaching people? Uh, when I'm not coaching people, I'm training for some type of event, right? So I got a new event coming up called the Era of... Uh, this pains me to say, I'm redoing the Arrowhead 135. Well, I, I know a little bit about that. Explain what that, yeah. that is. So that's a race up in Minnesota. They kind of pushed the race out on the coldest day in January. It's a 135 mile trek. Most people are pulling a sled. You can ride a bike, but most people are pulling a sled. And I attempted this race with a friend like three years ago. And it was the first time. Uh, yeah, I can almost say in a long, 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 long time. It was the first time I quit an event. So oh, it's been haunting me wow. for a little bit. That's, yeah. uh, that's, that's incredible. Um, yeah. how did, what, what happened? Did you, happened? you, you can, you can survive the coldest rectal temperature of anyone to ever go to buds. <laughs> I can't imagine maybe in Minnesota, it gets colder. I don't know. Yeah. Does it? <laughs> Apparently it does. <laughs> yeah. What happened is this. I quit the race. Okay. I quit the race. I think I Why might. is it relevant? Okay. Binary. Did you, or did you not finish the race? I did not finish the race. It took me three years to get to that point to say that. Here's why I feel I didn't want to complete the race. My why for the race wasn't strong enough. Yeah. My friend had asked me, he had, to, had some trouble a couple of years back. He didn't do it, uh, didn't complete it three years in a row. He's my racing buddy. Love the guy. Like, I love the man. Like, literally, we, I love racing with him. He pushes me to my limits. I think he's trying to kill me personally, but he's, he's, I love this dude. He's like, hey, man, I need you. I need you to help me get through this race. Yada, yada, storms, all kind of stuff, bad stuff happened. And I, now I realize I was doing the race to help him get through the race. I wasn't doing the race because Chris wanted to finish the race. So it's been years, a couple, three years or so. Now I'm doing the race for Chris to finish the race. So I'm really excited to see how this is going to play out. Uh, and nervously scared, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Me and my race team just, uh, we just did the Echo Challenge uh, 2020 in January. Okay. Uh, it can be televised or on Amazon Prime, I think, in, Jan in August, I believe. Where was that held? Uh, Fiji. Okay. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Um, 
featured team, the first ever all black adventure racing team. Really? Scary, scary, scary. <laughs> uh, Can you say how you did? I can't say how we okay. did. We don't, yeah, we won't it, it should be out a month or so. So yeah, yeah. it's called. But Echo, you've done, you've team. done that adventure racing quite a bit, right? Yeah. Me and like I said, my friend Tosh that we raced, we did God's own uh, maybe a year ago. We've done Primal Quest. Tosh Crooked Butterfly. Tosh Crooked Butterfly. That's yeah, my boy. I follow him too. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's got a lot of good lessons. I mean, there's another, oh, another um, mindset wizard. Um, Pro. Yeah. Pro. He's, 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 yeah. He's got a lot of good messages. I really like what he puts out there. Um, how many people are on that team? Uh, right now, there's like nine people on the team. Five people race in Fiji, one support for racers. Uh, we had a good collection of individual sport athletes, which is really good. We're just trying to raise awareness to there are more sports than basketball, football, and baseball people. Right. Let's do some other things. So that was our mission for the for the event, which is really awesome. We did as a team. We did just we gelled well. Just it was it was really good. Um, actually Tosh just put on a race for his foundation, the, uh, big fish foundation. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. So I was out there helping with that. Um, which is great, but I, I was going to a, a quick story about talking about how we love tough events and everybody is weak at a particular time during God zone. I had some serious foot problems, man. We're like midway in the race. We got like a 20 hour walk and I was just itching, man. I was just, complaining, bitching, wrong mental space, wrong mental space. I was looking for validation to not finish racing. I was, you know, you're looking for all the excuses not to finish. And this is where a support, I mean, you try to mindset as your support team, but just a support team or support program. I'm holding the team back, you know, I'm walking real slow and I'm like, ah, I'm just looking for something. And Tosh's like, are you going to walk or not? <laughs> let's flip the script real quick guess i'm walking let's go right on fast we're walking didn't care about that I was like are you gonna walk or not dude like all this energy you're using in your brain right now to to make excuses for how you feel doesn't really matter and heard that same lesson again last weekend at tosh's event a guy was complaining about his ankles he goes man ankles don't make decisions <laughs> Did that make him go? <laughs> continue to go and continuing to go and continue to go. Yeah. Angles don't make decisions. That's this so makes, awesome. What do you think makes, about the difference between uh, an individual event like that and a team event where you have somebody like Tosh to say that to you versus it, having no one to say something to you? You always have someone with you. I personally like team events. It's, I love the team atmosphere. That's why I'm a coach. That's why I love trying to mind. That's, I love the team ability. I just love the shared suffering. I love all that stuff. Individual, individual events are really, really hard, but you always have a team. You have a team on this side of your brain and a team on that side of the brain. Mm -hmm. The one that can tell you that shit hurts and you want to quit. The one that says like, you can do it. You know, whatever, whatever it's saying, you know? Yeah. Like, and you can, and the beautiful thing is that you can only focus on one thing at a time. Right? If your feet hurt and you focus on your feet, yeah, your feet hurt. But if you focus on getting to the next tree, your feet don't hurt. That's right. You know, it just don't hurt. I just do on that that event that uh, Crooked Butterfly uh, put on. A good friend of ours was struggling, man. They had an hour to get you know the two point five miles. He was coming in at fifty nine, fifty eight, fifty eight, fifty seven, like just struggling. And he was digging deep in the well. But I I know him, and I'm like, 
I know he's got more to give. Now it's, I'm going to help him. Right. So I start doing laughs with them. And I just like, I just flipped the script with him. I just changed his mindset. He was worried about his, him, his legs being tired. This is 48 hours in or something. His legs being tired, his feet hurting and the clock. So we start doing some laps and all I'm doing with him is going, what's the next thing? Oh, that sign's got this on it. Oh, what's around the corner? Oh, there's three rocks on the bench. Oh, what's that tree? That's the hay tree. Hay tree. You know, just changing the mindset to think about something besides his tired legs and his tired feet. He went from close to an hour on those treks to 50-minute cycles, so 45 minutes. We talked off 45 minutes off his trek just by changing what he was thinking about. Wow. You know, just by changing what he was thinking about. I got a text from him a couple of days after the race. The text said, Hey tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You had a, you, I remember yeah. one of my, one of my fondest and least fondest memories of Kokoro was uh, you guys took us over to that, that short little hill that was close to uh, yeah. the original seal fit um, location. Yeah. It's not there anymore. Yeah. This was in uh, Encinitas and we were running and we're just running sprints up that hill. And it just seemed like we were never going to stop. And as we do it, the group starts to break into two groups. And I was at the back of the front group, barely in the front group. And, and you started running between the two groups and you were saying, here it is. This is it right here. This is where you decide you're either going to be in the front group or you're going to yes. be in the back group. And I was like, okay, I want to be in the front group. And so when you start doing that, the front group gets a little faster and, and it's like, this is it. And you were really talking to about four of us there because the back group wasn't going to catch up. And the front group was, was going to take off. And man, it was just, it was like what you were talking about in the very beginning. Like you, you can choose right now whether you're going to be in the front group or whether you're going to be in the back group. It doesn't matter about your athletic ability. It doesn't matter what your feet are feeling like. It doesn't matter how you're doing. You, you are here. You have proved you're in the front group. Now you have the you can choose to be in this front group and stay in this front group, or you can let the front group leave you behind. And that's a choice. That's and a man, choice. that was, that was profound. It was, yeah. it was pretty good because I chose to stay in the front group. And then, then later, what was so good about that whole thing and your, your coaching was like coming up later and you're like, you chose to stay in the front group. I saw you and it's like, huh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. That's yeah. cool, man. But, uh, yeah. but you were good like that, man. You, you did, you did a lot of good things in that, in that you kept it light. Uh, and it was interesting how all the different instructors had different, different way of, of, uh, hammering the nail. Like, yeah. you know, some of yeah. them were real, real hard asses and tough and, 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 you know, you were funny, but there, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some humor in those things, man. When you're going through that suffering like that, there's some funny shit that happens. There's no yeah. doubt about it. You know what I like most about you? I'm going to say thank you first. I think that's a big compliment for me. But here's what I like most about that. That was a hard event for you. Sure. That's a specific small moment in time. But you still remember that. The whole thing was hard. You remember that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. That's impactful. You're going to share that with something. You shared it with your audience right now. Right. Like, that meant something to you. Right? Yep. Now, imagine passing that on right. to your kids to your friends, to your other race mates, whatever it's going to be. 
And that's how I feel try to mindset is I'm not just passing on those things, you know? Do I know when you're going to need them? No. Do you know when you're going to need them? No. Do you need it right there? And you shared it. And that was, it's going to come up again sometime. And you just keep sharing that around. I'm like, what a better place it's going to be. Right. You know? So, yeah, no doubt. One of the other, yeah. one of the other um, huge lessons that I learned um, at, at Kokoro, I was always kind of a lone wolf, like, yeah, I go on my, I go my way in my profession was being a fishing guide. Um, it's just me. I'm the captain on the boat. There's nobody else on the boat. I don't have a mate or anything like that. It's just me. I make all the decisions and go out there. So that's great. I don't feel like I had a team. Um, that changed in Kokoro. I learned that everyone has a team. Your team is your family. Your team is your friend. Your team is your, your, your support system of whatever. It could be two other guides that, that you talk to on a, on a regular basis. It could be, it could be whatever. Um, but then I also learned, um, one of the big lessons was if you're going to be, if you're going to be an exceptional leader, you must be an exceptional follower. And that yeah. was, that was spot on. And that was something that I, I took back immediately to my business, to my family, to my friends, to every, everything in my life. And that was one of the bigger changes um, was that a leader isn't somebody that just blazes a trail all the time. A leader is someone that um, will follow. Like, I think you know what you're doing and I'm going to follow what you're yeah. doing. And that was, that was huge. That was, that was yeah. really good. I like that. Yeah. I'm coming to a, a, I don't know where I, I'm not going to quote this. I can't remember the quote, but I will kind of paraphrase what it was about. And everybody's talking about, yeah, I got to lead from the front, lead from the front, yada, yada. That all makes sense to me. I'm saying, but the best leaders that I know lead from the back. Hmm. They can move to the front if they need to, but they push from the back. You know? Interesting. Push from the back, lead from the front. You're like, how's that even work? It's like, dude, if I can motivate the, what do you say? We say that run group that you were talking about. Yeah. If I can motivate the last person in that group to want to get to the front, I'm leading. Yeah. Right. I'm leading, but I'm leading from the back. Everybody else feels that energy and moving everything forward. It's super powerful. Man. There's a great quote for that. I can't remember right off the top of my head right now, but it's like, yeah, man, I'm going to choose to, if you need me to go to the front, I will. But I'm going to start from the back and you'll follow, which is <laughs> so weird to think about, but yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. cool, man. That's yeah. cool. Uh, so this arrowhead, that's the one that you can cross country ski or you can run or you can ride a bicycle. Yes. Right. Or you can snowshoe. Yes. Right. I guess uh, some I people snowshoe, I think. Uh, may, I'm not so sure about the snowshoe, but yes, you can ride a bike. Yes, you can uh, walk or you can ski. And it's totally self-contained. Okay. Like you have to take everything on your sled. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. the same race I'm thinking yeah. about. That's yeah. uh, that's the problem, man. It's the mind. It's that is dark for a long time good lord it's like 14 hours of darkness or whatever i'm like whoo a lot of challenge it's a hard race so, so that's individual race isn't it it's individual. okay it's individual. individual yeah but but People you and, bond yeah, they'll, they'll bond together yeah, yeah. and and that's going to be in in december or, or? Uh, i think maybe in the january 20 something somewhere around there. they try to pick one of the coldest days in january yeah. so it's kind of special enough. can't sign up till september but Dude, you're talking about, and you know, man, you know, you know, when you made the wrong decision, like from the time you say, I'm not going to do this anymore to the next nanosecond, you're like, I immediately have regret. Yeah. I'm trying to get away from the pain to seek a little bit of comfort and I immediately regret it. 
Mm -hmm. And you regretted it for the next three years. I think it's been like three years or so. (laughs) Yeah. It was messed up, man. Like I said, I was just at Tasha's house and I was going looking for a, a, something to eat or whatever. And I pull out this little drawer and his, excuse my language, his fucking arrowhead trophies right back there. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, all the signs are pointing. <laughs> little dinky little thing. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? It's just slapping me in the face. So I'm really excited about it, but super nervous. I mean, talking about addressing your demons real quick. So yeah. yeah. Well, so. How, so where do you live? Uh, Alexander, Virginia, just outside of DC. They get somewhat cold there, but not before, um, September. So how do you prepare for, how do you prepare for the coldest you may ever be? Hey man, I gotta tell you, like not being douchebaggy or whatever. I'm like, it was not the sled. It was not the cold. It was Chris didn't want to race anymore. Mm. You know, like that's what it was like, Hey, was I cold? I think I was cold. I don't know. Whatever. That's not what I was thinking about. Hey, was a sled heaven? I couldn't control it. Yeah, maybe so up. That's not what I was thinking about. I was thinking about, I don't want to do this anymore. Because my why wasn't strong enough, man. It just, this wasn't, you know? Wow. So to hear somebody like, like you say that, and then to see that you have, have uh, come around and you've decided to take on this challenge again. I mean, what changes? Like you just can't get this out of your head or does your, do you, do you really spend some time thinking about like, what is my why? Like, what do I want out of this? Like, how do you, how do you get to that place to where you're ready to do it again? For me, it took me a, a couple of years. So I'll be completely transparent. A couple of years to kind of a digest that I quit a race, like literally it just eats for me, just eats me up. I want to be a leader. I want to be exceptional. I want to lead from the back fall from the front. I want to do all those things. At the time, the decision I made was based off of a lot of things. Me and Tasha have been friends forever. He asked me to help him with this race. That's great. I, he's not going to leave a man behind. He's not going to leave a man back in the field. He's not going to do that, but I'm moving slow and he's trying to, he's trying to stay with him. I'm like, dude, let's do the math. She ain't going to work out. It ain't going to work out. Like, if you stay with me, you're not going to make this race and you can't afford not to make this race. And I don't want to be the cause of that. Plus, I just, I'm just, it ain't going to work out for Chris. This is no good scenario out of there. So I chose to stop racing. Mm-hmm. Not making excuses, not whatever, dude. Still made the choice. I could have walked faster. You know what I mean? I could have, like, hey, let's go, man. Let's get this on me, right? On me. I'm taking that on. That's just me. It just, it just, I want to walk the walk that I talk. I push, I feel I have the ability and a superpower to push people to do things that they're super uncomfortable with doing. I feel I have the power to connect with people, to resonate with people, to make them better humans. I feel that deeply in my soul. And I also need that for myself. I want to feel that success. I want to feel the, again, the feeling of overcoming something that's been looming in the back of my head for a couple of years. I want to go give it my 100%, succeed, fail, whatever it is, man. But you're going to get it. You're going to get it from me this time. Where I end up, irrelevant. You're getting it this time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm bringing it. So, I, oh, God dang, I'm about to be emotional. Sorry. I love it, man. Hey, uh, that's, I think that's an awesome place to stop. And, uh, yeah. you know, I wish you all the very best. Um, it's nice to know that, that uh, in some way that you're, you're human 
and uh, <laughs> you, you suffer from the same things that uh, yeah. that the rest of us do. But I'm sure that you know when you go back and and you 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 finish, you don't finish, you you give it your hundred percent. That probably you're going to come up with some different perspective on a lot of your a lot of your techniques, and it's only going to make you better. You know, as, yeah. you, as you accept a challenge like that and go for it with your hundred percent, then. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to be better for it. And then that's going to make so many other people better for it too. But you're doing some awesome things in the world, man. And I'm, uh, it's a, it's an honor to have come across you and to meet you and to spend a little time with you. And I really appreciate you doing that again today with, with this entire audience. And, um, I wish you all the best, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. How does everybody get, uh, follow you, um, get to Trident mindset, any yep. other things that you have that we could support? Yeah, I got a lot of things going on, all going in the same place, man. I'd say my why is very clear. It's all just about helping people and building relationships. The uh, program's at uh, www.tridentmindset.com. You can reach me through csmith at tridentmindset.com or info at tridentmindset.com. I have a personal website. If you like personal coaching, anything that, that's chrissmithjr.com. A lot of S's, C-H-R-A-S-S, S-M-I-T-H, J-R.com. Got to change that. But yeah, so just reach out to me, man. I am all about helping people. I'm just about helping people, man. For That's what I'm about. So if I can help you out in any way, just let me know. All right. All right, man, Chris, thank you very much. I appreciate it, my man. And we will talk to everybody else uh, next week. We'll have another great guest that can teach us a little bit about uh, success, either through failure or success. Um, we learn a little bit every time, get a little bit better each time. All right, Chris, thank you so much, man. It's great talking All to right. you and catching up. All right. You have a nice afternoon, bub. See ya. Later. Okay. That was Chris Smith. Chris Smith is, uh, man, he is a spectacular guy. And he is as genuine and uh, as, as you can imagine. The time that I spent with him was very impactful. It was only two days. Imagine if you had two weeks with that guy. He could, um, he could really help you to live a better life. And that Trident mindset, check it out. Check it out. I think it's, uh, I think it's the real deal. And uh, I may even sign up myself. Uh, we can all use a little bit of touch up on the mindset here and there. But as always, this podcast was brought to you by Barracuda Tackle. Barracuda Tackle makes the best cast nets on the market. You can get one in your favorite college colors. You can get one in your favorite color. You can get one in American flag color. Any kind of color you want, they can make a custom cast net look really cool with your boat. And they also make lots of other things. A couple of things that I really like are the hookouts. They have a hook extractor. It's uh, 13 and a half inches and they have an eight and a half incher. It works fantastic. It's the real deal. Stainless steel and uh, very, very tough. They also have this magnet, which I like a lot. And you can put your hooks or lures or flies or jigs on that. And it is strong enough to keep them on there. And it works way better than carpet, um, which is just a rust graveyard. But anyway, um, that's it for today and we really appreciate you listening and hope you got something out of that one all right see you